Welcome one and welcome all. We are live this evening on Berry Flow Upstream number 85. This episode is entitled Cheers. Uh, none of us have drinks, but we're cheering on the inside uh, for BlackBerry 10. Three years of BlackBerry 10 as of yesterday. Really phenomenal how far we've come in that little bit, bit of time here. Here with Crackberry Editor-in-Chief, Blaze. How you doing, man? Can't complain yourself. Doing quite well. It was good to have you on. With us as well, we have Alex Bass of Cyberbytes Inc. How are you doing, Alex? Pretty good, man. We actually, um, I've been focusing a lot. We just moved into our new office space and set up my office and really freaking excited. We're going to do some marketing and like, I've, I've been like on my game lately, so I'm pumped right now. Mm. And, and the Priv has been there the entire way Dude, through. It, everyone, everyone. Me and my business partner use it on the daily. That is awesome. My name is James, and, and let's get started, gentlemen. We have a, a little bit of topics to discuss. I mean, it's been a pretty, you know, non-slow week for BlackBerry, which is always good to see, you know. Um, we have just a little bit of the news I wanted to cover. First thing, talking T-Mobile availability, right? Really big for BlackBerry. It was really cool to see, you know, T-Mobile CEO and also some of his cohorts actually promoting a kind of giveaway that BlackBerry was sponsoring for some of those Priv devices out on Twitter and, you know, the social media. Really cool to see. It seems they're excited about the BlackBerry Priv as well. What do you guys think? I mean, now that it's actually here, we talked about it a little bit last week that it would be coming. Now that it's here, now that you're seeing some of the kind of push and support behind it, are you guys impressed, or do you think it's going to be beneficial for you know both parties? It should be beneficial for both parties, hopefully. I mean, you know, it's still a little bit too early to be able to go ahead and say, yeah, I did good on T-Mobile or I did bad on T-Mobile, but at least at least the initial push was there. I mean, um, you know, like I said, John Ledger was out there advertising the fact that they had the device, and you know, whether or not you love or hate John Ledger. He has a lot of followers on Twitter, so that's, you know, ultimately getting the message out. And, uh, you know, the T-Mobile account was active. The BlackBerry account was active in letting people know. Um, even, uh, even I don't know if you guys follow him, but Dez on, uh, on Twitter, mm -hmm. he's, he basically does all the Twitter promotions and stuff like that. You know, he was active and excited about the device as well. So it all, it all definitely helps, definitely accumulate some sales and garner some interest, so... You know, we'll see. Yeah. Good, good, good price zero down as well, right? Even on AT&T, you had to put money up front to even get the device. So really cool that at least T-Mobile seeing the value long term for just getting users onto it, getting them using Priv. Really interesting, again, compared to some of the other promotions that we've seen, you know, really casting a little bit of light on BlackBerry, you know, migrate from a BlackBerry to an iPhone. It is cool to see that they're not only coming, but they're also supporting it in a better way than per potentially AT&T was, right, with that zero down, 720 outright. Really cool to see that stuff. Uh, Alex, how much did you have to put down for your priv when you picked up from AT&T? Uh, well, first of all, you're saying uh, 720 is what they're doing outright. I know AT&T, they charged, I want to say, 739, so like 740. So it sounds like if there's a $20 price drop, woo uh, But I'm doing, I'm on edge, so I don't know if, if T-Mobile, if this is on a contract, I don't know if you can clarify possibly, um, I didn't notice. If it, is this on a contract or is this with like a kind of trade-up program similar to Edge? It's it's just like their Edge program. Basically, okay. basically there you pay monthly on it, and you actually pay less than what you pay AT&T. I, I opted with my AT&T model to go for the, I believe it's the, the shortest term period. It's like 18 yeah. months, and it's $37, something like that a month, to just get it yeah. done with in, in like a year and a half or less. Just yeah, because I wanted to pay it off as quickly as I could, you know? And then you could like trade in the phone, obviously, to get a replacement or a different device as well. And it's kind of a weird scenario because 
they they have at least for AT and T they they say okay you can do it over a 24 month span a 28 month span a 18 month span like what you're talking about and really at the end of the day you're paying the same amount of money so it really doesn't matter per month but they the down payment they make you do for AT and T is like for, at least for me it was like a hundred or I think it was like 68 bucks plus whatever tax for the entire phone is because they have to pay you know New York state tax up front so that was like a nice. Yeah, uh, seventy dollar chunk right there. So altogether, it was like a hundred and thirty bucks per phone. That was kind of up front, which um, I'd kind of be surprised if zero dollars up front. I, I I'd be surprised if they didn't charge you the tax because I think it makes sense why they do that. Um, they own these phones, so they're probably paying tax on them whenever they make a sale. So if they if you literally pay zero dollars, then they're kind of taking an upfront hit for tax. Um, so I guess I don't really know how they go about doing all that stuff, but who knows? I just always find it funny that the carriers charge more than what BlackBerry does. I mean, yeah. I, I understand mm-hmm. why they do it and why they have to do it. It's just it's a hilarious thing to actually you know put out there as an informational piece for people. Like, yeah, you can buy it from T-Mobile, but you know you're gonna pay like seven twenty when you can actually pick one up from BlackBerry for like six ninety nine or something like that, right? So I wa- I wonder was- what kind of margin they get to keep though. Because like obviously when BlackBerry sells it for whatever price they're selling it, they get to keep more of it. Like it so obviously T Mobile and these these companies they're gonna get a little bit of a cut. And when we're talking about a twenty or thirty dollar discount or forty dollar in this case, um, for the AT T to shop Blackberry out of that 40 bucks, that's obviously probably 100% profit for AT&T. And if they're going and advertising the device and stuff, that money may go towards you know advertisements for the Priv by AT&T or by T-Mobile or whatever they're doing with that. So it completely makes sense. And it's not that much money, like you were mentioning, but they do it. I don't know. Well, I mean, for somebody to go out, you know, for somebody to go out and buy a device for six ninety nine. Again, this goes back to like I, I totally get why they have to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, for somebody to, not everybody can just go pick up, you know, a six ninety nine device on a whim and say, Yeah, I'm done with it and be happy. Like there are yeah. people out there that have to essentially get their devices through carriers and stuff like that. And yeah. you know, the margin the marginal difference on it, you know, when it comes down to it is I guess it, it, there's so many aspects of what how the breakdown of carrier devices actually goes, like you said, that, you know, there's obviously some some margin on, on the marketing that they want to go ahead and make back. Um, there's margin on the on the actual device purchase that they want to make back, or any bonuses or anything like that that they include. But you know, there's also stuff that we don't even necessarily see that you know is included with all of that stuff to be able to go ahead and make up the price and. You know, this is the reason why this particular carrier has to offer it for this amount. And it's such a such a crazy, crazy scenario. And you know, everybody at the end of the day, everybody involved has to make money, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, and I think realistically, the the most disappointing part of that is, you know, if you buy for if if you buy the cheaper phone outright um, from Shop Blackberry, the thing is, you're getting updates, and you don't have this carrier that's kind of like you know, they're the, the, the walled garden handing out updates. So it's like you're paying less money and you're getting a more frequently updated device. So that's what I find annoying about it. If, you know, otherwise I really wouldn't care. If it, it's like, okay, I got screwed out, out of 30 bucks and I could just go to the AT&T store at least and they give it to me right then. They'll set it up or whatever. Um, just the fact that 
it, it seems so strange to me that if you literally go to like AT&T or T-Mobile and you buy the phone out right from them, it's like here's 740 bucks, give me that phone. It seems screwed up that they get to be the gatekeepers of the updates because at that point it's like yeah. I own the phone, it should be a BlackBerry this time. Like that's what I don't understand. Yeah. And I don't know how long it's going to last that. Save, save yourself the 40 bucks and just buy it from Shop Blackberry. <laughs> yeah, well, when AT&T, you know, shipped it out before even Shop Blackberry, that was that was something that was a little bit, you know, I, I had my device two, three weeks sooner than a lot of people on Shop Blackberry had it. So Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate to have it yeah. all works out. But like I said, there's so many, so many different scenarios and so many people involved with that, that it's obviously problematic. I mean, you know, just take take a look at the Verizon scenario. We don't even know the the full scenario behind the scenes there, and people are still waiting for it to show up on Verizon. And Verizon was one of the very first carriers to come out and say, "Yeah, we're gonna have it." Like, you know, it's what, it's very interesting in terms of the supply chain management as well. It's like, are they focusing on GSM devices first, and that's the delay? Because you know, even Sprint's, you know, no, no word there, even though supposedly that's coming as well. And again, those are two CDMA carriers right now with Sprint and Verizon, and they are together, you know, last on the on the docket for for North America. So, uh, are there any CDMA carriers in Canada? I'm a little bit uh, naive to to the point, or have they all moved to LTE and GSM at this point? I want to say, well, I mean, there's probably still some smaller regional carriers that are still running CDMA, but the majority of like um, all the large carriers and essentially all of their you know, minor subsidiaries have all essentially moved to uh, GSM. Like, Canada is pretty much a GSM country at this point. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's you, you know, again, outside of those smaller regional carriers that just haven't upgraded their services, it's hard to find an actual CDMA carrier. Um, I say that, but some of the CDMA devices are still, still kind of um, floating around there. Like, there are people out there who you know, have been transitioned, so those CDMA services are still available, but, um, you know, the, ma the majority of the networks are all GSM-based. Kind of like when AT&T sunsetted all their old TDMA stuff and CDMA stuff, like, you know, it was a transitional period, things that they had acquired over the years, but they never had any intention of actually still maintaining. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just how can I sell the buck quick, right? And at this point... Yeah. At this point, the GSM was the easiest route for them, probably the largest market share for them to go, uh, you know, head at when they brought the Priv to market. So, you know, a lot of good stuff. Seeing BlackBerry Priv now available for T-Mobile is a very positive thing. Um, you know, people wonder why we're talking about it, why it matters. Um, very clearly, because distribution is distribution, right? It's is it going to be a monumental thing for them? No, but you know, further distribution for this device. As critical as it is at a time for BlackBerry right now, I mean, of course it's news, and of course we're going to talk about it. So especially when it's North American news, like North yeah, American yeah. news is very important for BlackBerry. Like everybody, everybody has seen the press releases, South Africa, India, you know, whatever for for the priv. But you know, it, it really comes down to if it doesn't happen in North America or it doesn't happen in the U.S., then it kind of really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Like you know, that's we live in a very U.S. centric world and. It's important when 
you know, those things happen. So. Mm-hmm. Yep, the waves ripple here, and then they cascade everywhere else. So absolutely, that that kind of localization is really important for BlackBerry because, honestly, the North American market is probably the one they struggle in the most. So seeing news like this is is big and, and worth covering. So thanks for covering that for us as well, Blaze. I want to talk a little bit about something we talked about last week. You know, we talked to start our podcast number 84, we talked about, you know, what is BlackBerry going to do in terms of integrating, right? Is yeah. is, 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 is good going to stand alone as its own thing? And really, you know, we were kind of trying to knock at the door for you guys so you understood where we were headed with that conversation. And now we see it. BlackBerry's fruits have kind of come to bear now as we look at the good integration and really this larger EMM platform and suite of services. So now we're seeing an amalgamation of both their good acquisition with watchdocs all kind of bundled together under Bez 12.4. Really, really cool stuff, and honestly, this makes it one of the most unified enterprise mobility management platforms anywhere, right? And honestly, probably has the most market share as well if you, you've cut down on some of the you know the names uh, covering each of those. Really what it seems to to be at this point is that Bez 12 is now going to be a management console for machines, period, point blank. We're seeing Apple MacBooks, tablets, wearables, you know, potentially vehicles into the future. Desktop computers. De- yeah, desktop computers. Really a all-access kind of device management system, not necessarily just mobile anymore, right? We're really setting it up for a lot more customers in a lot more places because, you know, not only are corporate devices just a cell phone, sometimes it's a laptop or, as Blaze mentioned, a desktop. So BlackBerry being able to expand and manage and lock down those devices is huge for their software play. And really the EMM breakdown of how they're setting up their good good uh, EMM suite is phenomenal because you can go from $3 a month all the way up to like $30, $40 a month depending on what you want, what you need. So that kind of flexibility is great for enterprises. They can choose what they need, nothing more, nothing less, and upgrade. Uh, I think uh, one of the biggest pieces here is that it's all one platform, right? You don't have to jump in between multiple systems or multiple enrollment areas. It's all cohesive as part of one platform. Um, I expect to see more of this in the future as well as they continue to integrate on some of these things. What do you guys think of Bez 12.4 as a unified enterprise management platform, and what do you think that means for BlackBerry as they try to attract new customers and potentially regain some of their old? Yeah, Alex, since right? you're all up in Google's business with Android for work, what do you think that do you think this helps Bez? <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I'm a little bit torn by a lot of this because there's like, the Google solution, but you kind of hear the main solutions are AirWatch and, you know, well, good, but good is now acquired, obviously. So it's kind of, (laughs) like, part of me feels like Google is a competitor, but at the same time, I feel like Google isn't a competitor because when you're, like, I I tried even searching on Google, I was like, you know, Bez or BlackBerry Bez versus Google Apps for Work. Uh, you know, Google MDM, and, like, there's no articles whatsoever anywhere comparing the two. So I'm thinking, like, I, I feel like, personally, they're competitors, and I'm using it for that, but do people not see them as competitors, or is it just not the right... I, I'm confused by it, and I'm, like, in the personally, business. Personally, I don't... <clears throat> I don't look at it as being a competitor, mm-hmm. mainly because it's... It is an offering of Google. However, Google isn't like they're not struggling to go ahead and push that out or anything like that. To me, when I look at the situation, I can I prefer to consider it more of a partnership than anything else because of the fact that you can integrate all that Google stuff on the BlackBerry system. Anyways, like Google 
will essentially go ahead and partner with anybody. Like when you look at their Android for Work partner page. Yeah. There's a whole list of partner pages or, or sorry, partners that are on that page, right? So you have AirWatch, you have good technology, you have Bez 12. So to me, it's kind of like, like you said, it, it is a confusing aspect of it, but it doesn't exactly come off as like being a competitor, but more so a partner because, you know, they're they're all aiming for the same thing and they're all able to go ahead and integrate with each other to a certain point. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you know, you can put your AirWatch stuff on Bez or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, you can you can bring Android for work um, essential stuff directly through Bez, and there you go. It's just but, it's just yeah, a roundabout but, way of going there, right? I, but, I think to I think to Alex's point here, they are competitors, but they also are looking at two different segments of the market, right? Whereas BlackBerry is going strictly regulatory enterprise governments, yeah. places where Google just doesn't have that kind of kudos yet. Right, and I yeah. think as Blaze mentioned, right, as they partner further, that blind is going to blur even more and more. And I think, yeah, that's exactly what was kind of confusing for me, because yes, like Google, you know, uh, their their work segment that they have, their work apps, Google for work apps that they have on the phone, yes, those integrate with Buzz. But I'm talking about like the bare bones. If you have Google Apps for Work and you have MDM enabled, like I could go to my computer and I could wipe my device from there. I could, you know, manage any of my employees who have it installed on their phone and you have the MDM and you can you can say, you know, allow these apps from the App Store from Google Play to be able to be downloaded and installed and like that's everything that Bez does. So that's where it's confusing but what James is mentioning definitely is BlackBerry is focusing towards regulatory. AirWatch is definitely like regulatory large companies. So I guess the question is is Google going for that? They're just not there yet, or are they not even interested in that market? And that's what I'm kind of confusing. Like, are they going to just let BlackBerry and these other companies have it because they don't care? But like, why would they not want to be in that market? Like, what is the reason not to even get into it if it's? It, that's a very long-winded question, Alex. And I think honestly, if BlackBerry is to to look at positioning themselves successfully into the future as a software player. It goes back to what Blaze mentioned. They need to partner because in terms of scope and support and marketing and, and general acceptance, Google's got it already. But BlackBerry still has a lot of credence in the security side of things. They've got the certifications. They've got the compliance. And they have lived in that space for years and years and years, even before Google was Apple or uh, Google was Apple. Google was Android and all that other stuff, right? So whereas Alphabet has such a larger focus for Google and specifically Android, there's a lot more focus from BlackBerry just on this MDM, EMM stuff. And with good, absorbing that, now they're playing on iOS, they're playing on OSX and so many other areas that Google, again, doesn't necessarily have a big footing in. What does Google, Google Apps for Work necessarily do on a Mac, you know? It, it's tough to draw those lines. Uh, and BlackBerry right now is really pushing so that, one, they can work with Google Apps for Work on the security side, work with Samsung Knox, on, again, on the security side, and really potentially be an influencer for future security implementations. I mean, when we spoke with Michael, he laid it out pretty flatly. They want to take as much off the shelf as they can from Google, you know, in their partnership. But at the same point, from a security standpoint, they need to see, like, for instance, Marshmallow, what things off the shelf can they take? Are they up to a secure standard, BlackBerry security standard? Or does BlackBerry need to go and implement some of those things themselves, you know, over either or on top of what Google's offering? So I think it's going to be a complex question, and a complex answer that's going to continue to evolve. 
really we got to take a look at where BlackBerry's leveraging and if they're continuing on this software security focus and, and branching out into this service thing, you know, you can potentially, at least I potentially see either Google at one point is going to have to say, do we step on BlackBerry or do we lift them up, right? And and I don't know when that's actually going to take place. Is it two years out, three years out, whatever the case may be? Is BlackBerry worth keeping as a partner or are they worth seceding and taking over, right? It's really one of those yeah. things, you know, we've talked about this before, is John Chen leveraging BlackBerry, you know, years down the line as an acquisition target, and if they do become an acquisition target in the future to return shareholder value, et cetera, et cetera, is Google someone who's interested? Is Samsung someone who's interested? Or is no one interested like they were in, in 2014, you know? So really a, a complex question there, and, you know, as this integration continues to happen, I think we're going to see a little bit more of, of what the methodology and, and practicality of all this is. Because right now, there's a lot that's still unspoken, right? We have this EMM platform. We have a great mobile device management platform. But again, Google has the apps, right? When we have that BlackBerry experience and it's more viable, maybe it makes more sense now that BlackBerry can stand alone as one of those suppliers pushing their own apps, the keyboard, the hub, et cetera, et cetera, across all these devices so that Google Apps will work isn't necessarily needed on an Android device, right? Where BlackBerry can service those devices with the same kind of applications that Google Apps will work does, and there, in the future, they become a little bit more of a direct competitor as they are now, right? Where, where really you have to buy a priv and then manage it with Google Apps for work. You know, it's not necessarily right there yet. Whereas, you know, on Priv, we use Docs, you know, Sheets, and, and you know, their, their versions of a lot of things to really offer those service solutions. So definitely going to be an interesting place. Did you guys really think that there would be an integration like this between Good and BlackBerry? I mean, last podcast, we were really kind of up in the air as to what might happen. Do you think we're going to see further pushes like this in terms of integration? Oh, yeah, you're going to see more because, you know, this is just like the starting point for it because they have so much more to be able to go ahead and directly pull in there. I mean, one thing one thing that you can basically take a look at is, like, um, even though it's not really representative very much, when you actually take a look at the comments and people are like, well, how come these good applications aren't available on BlackBerry devices, right? So that right there shows you that there's, you know, um, more more capability to go ahead and integrate even further and basically just put more into it. I, I, this realistically is just a starting point. Like if you even take a, a quick look at the actual announcement, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of stuff there for iOS. There's a lot of stuff for Android, but there's still, still plenty more that can actually be added to that. So, you know, to me, I look at this as a starting point rather than, you know, a final announcement as to what the capabilities are or anything like that. There's way more that they can actually go ahead and build off of. It's it's going to be really, really interesting because, at least in my opinion, where I see it going is, okay, now they've got laptops, they've got desktops. Now they could potentially manage, with their QNX partnership, they can manage, use Bez 12 to manage medical devices and lock those down. And, you know, the possibilities are really growing. And, and you know, we talk about IoT, blase, blase, it's a buzzword and all that. But really, that is the thing that BlackBerry is going to be working on as they move toward, you know, machine to machine and really being able to lock down and secure these devices. Because, you know, obviously you can't have an EEG or a cardiac monitor be hacked and turned off, right? That's not acceptable. That is mission critical. And adding in, again, those security layers that now they've got with these robust platforms, it's now can they unify some of these other machines to be secured through Bez? And there's a lot of more stuff, and Blaze hit it right on the head where 
that only more can come at this point. They can't put it all in one press release and expect people to understand it, let alone them to, them to deliver on it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, all you really have to do is just take a, a quick look at the at the uh, the image that was essentially released with it, which basically covers like all of their BlackBerry software platforms. So you have good you have good apps, which is the apps and ecosystem. You have Bez 12, BBM protected, Watchdocs, SecuSmart, Ad Hoc. You have uh, the VPN authentication, enterprise identity, work life, you have QNX and all the um, good supported wearables, you have the ad hoc for notifications for like crisis management notifications and again QNX for embedded systems like even just that image alone screams that there's way more that they can actually do with Bez it's just that they're not, they're either you know continuing to go ahead and work on the actual integration portion of it, or you know they have this stuff laid out already, and they're just not ready to go ahead and announce any of it yet. Because, like you said, you know people people have to have to absorb it in a slower manner um, to be able to go ahead and fully understand it. I mean, even even now, like I look at some of this stuff, and I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't, I don't get this. But you yeah. know, that's, that's aside from the point. Like it, it's some, not some of it is less than yeah, it's it's less than exciting. And and what I want to do right now because I want to try to we 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 were late on the delay on this, guys. I apologize. We launched at 9:30. Totally my fault. And Alex, mostly Alex, but I'm gonna take the brunt of this <laughs> <What>? one. <laughs> no, definitely me. Uh, I had some some prior uh, scheduling conflicts, but what I want to do is just kind of go through the news really quickly because I want to get down to the meat of our conversation, which is the celebration of ten years, ten years of BlackBerry ten, three years of BlackBerry ten, and really what I want to do with Blaze and Alex because we've all been at various launch events and we've all kind of been part of that whole BlackBerry ten history is really go back to the, like the beginning and kind of just laugh through some of the past because it, it's been a phenomenal ride and, and, and that ride isn't far from over I think for us as too so I want to talk a little bit as I just go through the topic list here Priv did make its debut in India keep it locked on some of those Indian uh, pathways because a lot more is coming out in terms of reviews and media coverage there I've heard of some partnerships that are brewing specifically in the Indian region as well to help promote the Priv through some of their distributed partners so some good stuff is going to happen in India Although it is a high price, right? It is a little bit expensive. John Chen made some clarifying statements that we sold this device to all of our partners at the same cost, right? The same price. Now, what they marked it up to to sell themselves is up to them, right? So when you look at the price, you know, BlackBerry didn't necessarily bork the price. Potentially, who you're buying it from borked the price. Again, explains the difference between 720 on T-Mobile, 740 on AT&T. Again, it's something you guys definitely need to keep into consideration where the person selling it to you is going to make the markup so they can get their cut of it, of course. I like how BlackBerry gets blamed for everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. Like everything. That's BlackBerry. Every. <laughs> My phone is running slow. Yeah, it's probably Qualcomm's fault, but all right, whatever. <laughs> no, that's, that's BlackBerry's fault. Yeah, that. that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what else is yeah. you know what else is BlackBerry's fault? All these updates we're getting on our Priv, you know? BlackBerry Priv did get updates for BBM, BlackBerry Hub, calendars, contacts, camera, keyboard, all those good stuffs have been updated. We're getting those on a pretty consistent basis, right? Is it a massive OS update? No. But we got Marshmallow on the wind, right? Those app updates are really coming to increase the state, the stability, and as well the uh, overall you know, feature and bugs that these uh, applications have. I've noticed that the camera on this latest update a lot quicker at taking photos yeah. and, and and that was something they worked on the last update right but they're continuing to take that feedback and work on it which 
is is super helpful and, and gives me confidence that as these updates roll through, they are going to make solid improvements, right? And on a consistent basis, right? They don't need to update the whole OS to make it happen, which is super, super beneficial. Alex, after downloading some of those updates for yourself, be it BBM and or I know we were messing with the BBM um, yeah. multi-person multi chat with a subject, which is pretty cool, and more about that later as we talk about BBM protected, but how have the updates stuck on your device? Has it brought you back to using the hub, or are you, st you still a Google inbox slut? No, I, I, I mix around because, um, honestly, right now I'm having problems with inbox where it's not notifying me all the time, so I have yeah. Gmail and inbox both enabled. Yeah. Um, but I do like inbox quite a bit. So the the scenario that I'm in right now is like I mean yes I I updated them and pretty much I, I always get excited to read the change log and I feel like they're getting into this trend that you know happens very frequently on Android where it's just like bug fixes and or minor bug fixes and performance improve enhancements or improvements or whatever and I don't really feel like much changed at all. Um, there's some. I think the camera they they wrote a little bit more in there than just that. Yeah. But for the most part, it was like you know the tasks, the notes app. There were just like minor bug fixes and enhancements, and I I it's kind of sad a little bit. Like yes, I'm excited that they're updating it, but at the same time, like even if they are doing a little bit something, I wish they wrote it in there. Um, because there's this whole joke going on always on Android that it's just like, oh, you know, update, wow, great, and it's just, it doesn't mean anything, and it's like they didn't really know what to say, so they just said minor bug fixes and whatever, and I honestly, honestly didn't want everything. to tell them what was broken in the first place. Yeah, exactly, and it's one of those things, too, where probably, like, the people building it versus the people publishing it, they're like, oh, I actually don't know what's new on this, let me just type in something, you know? And, and I think that's kind of what happens, but it's, it, but it's like, I... I feel like when they do stuff like that, I feel like they really didn't do any change. Like, to be completely honest, when I downloaded all these and I looked at all of them, I figured I kind of felt like they, they changed, like, one line of code in all of the apps and they just, like, and they just push it out as, like, bug fixes. And I, I don't like that. I feel like they're not really working on it much. And they probably aren't working on all that much. And maybe it's because they're busy working on their Marshmallow update or at least one can hope. Um, especially as once you see like Samsung starting to push out Marshmallow and you see... I think, but, Alex, but Alex, let's be honest, right? Like, how much work does it take? I mean, they get the OS, they load it. I mean, aside from adding their security stuff, how long does that actually take? For Marshmallow? Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, probably, they probably got it already. It's just everything else is taking forever, you know? Yeah, and obviously making, like what Cluely said when we were talking to him, it's making the decisions where do they have their initial bootloader to be what they created or do they just use the standard Marshmallow one because it's secure? What what do they choose to use of Google and what do they choose to use personally? And I think that's where a lot of this comes down to. And obviously DTAC is going to get some improvements because they could actually work into the permission functionality and everything. So I feel like it is a minor update, but at the same time it probably isn't a minor update. I, I don't know. I, I... Well, here's here's the thing. As Marshmallow, as we wait for Marshmallow, it becomes more important and more of a larger update because while we're waiting for Marshmallow, Google has also been updating Marshmallow. Yeah, yeah. It's not stagnant. Yeah. Yeah, it becomes more. It, it becomes an increasingly important update the longer that it takes to actually roll out. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the same time, it you know as important as it is, it becomes increasingly. Uh, you know, more reliable as well because that first build of Marshmallow wasn't exactly the best. Like anybody who has used yeah. the first rollout of Marshmallow knows that, 
and doesn't really, you know, step to the plate to, to defend Google to say otherwise. Like, the first Marshmallow build wasn't exactly the best. It wasn't exactly the most stable. So, you know, the longer we wait, the more improvements get made to it. But, again, it becomes increasingly important that we actually get it, too. So, Which uh, I, you know. I'm kind of – I almost like that it's not a Marshmallow because one thing is there's a lot – there's some problems I'm having right now where I really do need to restart the phone every couple days just to get it like running smoother. Like it'll kind of get bogged down a bit, and there are various things that I do that. Because you've got like down. twenty thousand apps on it, dude. No, I mean, it's it's not. You're it's, not you're not using the stock launcher. You're not using the stock. You know. No, I don't. I I don't, don't think use, it's. It's because you don't use the productivity edge, Alex. That's why. <laughs> I think it's the encryption thing or whatever, but maybe yeah. not. Whatever. At least it'll allow us to disable that. And um, but I'm I'm hoping personally, like, okay, when Marshmallow comes, it'll fix that. So I'm always worried when Marshmallow does come, and if it doesn't fix that, then I'll be like, so now what? Like, so <laughs> I, I almost don't want Marshmallow. It's almost like, a run, like anything that's broke. Just wait for the Marshmallow update. Yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> I I don't know. It's it's a difficult scenario. Maybe you know, maybe the Marshmallow update will launch with the Verizon. Priv, if that's even a thing. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be yeah. exclusive for a month. It's like, it's a screw you to AT&T. It's like, you know. <laughs> that would be terrible. Please don't yeah. do that. Blackberry. Yeah. Blackberry, if you're watching, don't do, don't listen to Alex. He's on AT&T. Don't even, don't even take his Verizon feedback I, at this point. <laughs> I think, so, I think the key point here is that like, you know, we're, we're essentially waiting for Marshmallow, but Mobile World Congress is around the corner as well, so you probably just kind of have to stay tuned for some announcements coming out of there. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's all I have to say on that. <laughs> Drops Mike, even though he, you can't see it, but he did. We heard it. We, we heard it. <laughs> so we got those priv updates. As well, we're looking at an interesting bit of news, talking about the share buyback. BlackBerry more than doubling the number of shares that they intend to buy back. Really interesting point here as their short interest increases a lot, uh, you know, it's, I think it's up at like nine percent right now. It's it's pretty crazy where it's been. Um, them doing this stock buyback is going to be beneficial for them to kind of tighten the available shares on a given day and really help potentially drive the the volume uh, of the stock actually to go up as they do these buybacks. What it's ultimately going to probably do for them is allow them to be more stable with where their stock number is without it fluctuating so much because they're going to own more of it. But what do you guys think about them doubling this number of the intended buybacks? What do you think it means for them? Is it Should it be a cautionary thing for those who are invested in the stock? Or do you think it should be something that they should be looking at with uh, you know, positive lenses because it, it, it is allowing BlackBerry to take a little bit more control? Well, you know, I think, I think the stock is so low right now that it's obviously smart for them to buy back. And like I'm every day I look at it, I'm kinda of tempted, you know, when it's when it was especially sub seven dollars, like let's be real here. They have they have enough assets and cash on hand that, that they're they're really like not even valued much as a company. So yes, it's always gonna be risky, but compared to some of these stocks where you look at like Google and Apple, well Apple specifically, they're at like thirteen or fourteen times their their value is it like thirteen or fourteen times what their assets and revenue and everything like they they are they are so highly valued compared to what they are whereas BlackBerry is like below what they physically are their their actual value is their their stock price is below what their actual value is so I, it's like what has more room to grow will Apple be able to double 
or will BlackBerry be able to just freaking like be valued at what they should be valued at, which will make be a huge growth. So I think it makes sense that they're buying back more, and it you know never hurts. And it it will be good to get some of these shares away from these investors that are shorting and going crazy because it, it's such a volatile stock, and I. I almost hate that I own it because it's it's every day it's up and down and up and down, but it's kind of what happens. Almost a roller coaster to be a BlackBerry stock owner. It, it is, yeah. <laughs> and for it's, I don't even know if it's a if it's a stock you should long because I'm I feel like I just want to long, you know, buy it and hold it for a while. But it seems like you should really just sell it whenever it peaks because it is going right back down to the tube and and you could probably make a ton of money on it though. But I don't know. It's it's always good that they they'll be able to use some of these shares to incentivize employees, especially higher ups, and just motivate them to do a better job because then the stock will be worth more, and that's like like nice bonuses that you're getting. So it's always a good thing. I'm just reading some read catching up on some of our chat. You know, someone asking. You know, I hope they have their own booth at Mobile World Congress. I'm like, didn't they launch the leap at Mobile World Congress and have an event and press releases and all this other stuff? Like, yeah. I'm pretty pretty sure they're gonna be there uh, with with booths, maybe a little corner somewhere, but they'll be there. No worries. Um, so very interesting on the stock buyback. I'm glad that they're seizing control of their future. I think that's something that's very important for stockholders and you know just general fans to understand that BlackBerry is not letting the market manipulate them anymore, right? They're doing something about what's been happening to them on the shorts and just the negative sentiment, right? They're trying to rise above it. So it's always good to see them kind of put their foot down and make decisions like this that help continue to hopefully increase their market cap. So as we look at another update that came through, BBM Protected, the suite, got a bunch of updates in the latest release. Some of these were actually pretty cool. I was a little bit envious that you know BBM Protected was getting some of these updates and we weren't. And then lo and behold, we did get a BBM update that took a couple of them. Um, so pretty cool stuff there in that BBM Protected update. Um, we're going to try to load this page here and go through some of the, the changes. Um, I was pretty impressed to see that they were on point with actually getting the news out there prior to the app actually getting updated. <laughs> so people were all like, oh, where's this update? And then they couldn't actually get it on their iOS and Android devices. Lo and behold, it finally did come through. Team Chat is one of the latest releases. Organizations and teams can join a context-specific collaboration session where you can assign a subject, you know, really, really good for potentially regulated industries and healthcare. So again, it's like a multi-person chat with a subject so everyone can stay on focus and on point. Sending priority messages so you can send a message, it'll show up as red on, you know, the receiving devices and it'll, you know, be marked as, you know, I need an answer on this ASAP. Instead of pinging someone and blowing up their phone, you know, that priority message will deliver that. Also adding in delivered and read notifications for multi-person chats, which, which is... Which I disagree with this being a protected feature. This is like, you know, chat yeah. messenger 101, and you look at the competitors, and they've had this. It shouldn't be a fee like a premium feature. Like, I, I feel like that... That, that particular one should have been rolled out to everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's just a little bit nitpicky there. Who uses multi? When was the last time you guys multi? And yes, yes, that's the thing. I totally agree. That's why it should definitely be in groups. I mean, is uh, groups like uh, Kakiao Messenger or whatever the heck it is? I used it because the thing with school and one of my professors, and there was this part of like a, a group that we were in with that, and it shows you like say that there's six people in the group, it'll have like a little four next to the message if four out of the six people read it and then you can click it and see who read it and that's like such a basic functionality that when I send a message in a group chat I should be able to know who read it 
And that's like something that BlackBerry totes is they were like one of the first messengers to ever do that. So why why have they neglected groups so much? But did you say, I, I really, totes? They didn't say it. Totes? How? Yeah. BlackBerry totes needs to bring that feature to, to Alex. Oh, God. The scary thing like is, is it was girl. correct in its vernacular anyway, so it still worked out. Yeah. <laughs> It just—it's just unfortunate that Alex sounded like a twelve-year-old. <laughs> his voice, his voice cracked, legit. <laughs> oh, good stuff. So BBM protected again, multi-person read and uh, delivered notifications, and as well stricter IT policy, uh, admin stuff. So you know you're going to be able to restrict restrict the uh, copy and paste functionalities in the chat through the enterprise identity in BlackBerry IT admin console. Some really good stuff there. I mean. This is one of their services that has a lot of potential. Again, to give BBM longevity outside of the consumer market, right? Use it as an enterprise messenger. Skype for Business, which was Microsoft Link prior, is used throughout many, many organizations, right? BBM Protected could be that as well. Again, they're trying to bolster that up and get it there. Where the video is, I'm not sure. I don't want to talk about it. We're going to move on. <laughs> BBM video. So let's get down to the, the kind of the meat of our conversation, gentlemen. Let's talk about... BlackBerry 10 was officially launched three years ago yesterday. And and what that means, because it's such a monumental thing, I honestly think, and this is just my personal opinion, please don't, you know, egg my house or whatever the kid don't don't hurt Alex. You know, we love Alex, don't hurt him. It's one of those things where I personally believe, and you know, how feasible it is is another question entirely, but I personally felt like BlackBerry 10 with 10.3.1 was like almost right there, right? Had they had they got the integration, the notification libraries for the Android runtime, or even it somehow advanced the Android runtime to a newer version and kept me with the same solid BlackBerry 10 OS that I had, I mean, the barriers were really brought down. People think the Amazon App Store is a joke. And yes, in some instances, it's nowhere near as in encompassing as Google. But in terms of accessibility, you know, you could get Netflix, you could get Hulu, and a lot of those applications that were needed to get the platform off the ground. Yeah, it came a little bit late, but Amazon really, really kind of closed the gap in terms of applications. There was probably two, 1% or 2% of applications that you were unable to access. I still feel like they should have put more into BlackBerry 10 because it's a damn good operating system, right? Everyone who uses it says it's phenomenal. It's literally just that those apps and some of those small, small things that keep people like Alex in the Google camp. So... Blaze, and some of our patron questions are going to talk about a little of our pasts and things like that. Where were you at the BlackBerry 10 launch event, and and what were you doing? Because I know we were all doing different things. I was I'm at the BlackBerry 10 launch event in New York. You're probably like four or five rows in front of me with your crew. I remember the whole Crackbird crew was like all lined up, had awesome seats, and uh, I'm just I'm just like taking it in, you know, like I'm I'm not working, like I'm I'm not blogging, like I'm not I'm just literally taking it in for what it is, and it was momentous for me, right? So how was it for you on the other end, you know, doing what you were doing with Crackberry at the time, which was probably a huge, huge launch event for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously it was a launch event that was long awaited at that point in time, um, but, you know, it was uh, it was a pretty exciting time to be able to go ahead and see all the new stuff that they were rolling out. I mean, even though, you know, it, it didn't exactly turn out the way that everybody had wanted it to, but we, you know, Dorson Hines was on stage at that point in time. We got everything all rolled out. Everything was looking nice and sweet. I forget the place that we were at. It's kind of funny because I was looking at, I believe it was like Pier 36 or something like that. It was. Um, 
Yeah. How I remembered that, just off my head, I have no idea. But um, it, it's kind of funny because I was looking when I did up my uh, my post for the three years. I was looking back at some of the older pictures and everything like that, and just going through because Adam actually has uh, has a bunch of pictures that we we've never actually posted on Crackberry. Like, um, you know, they just weren't good enough to appear on the blog or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, it, it's it's hard to hard to fully explain the excitement that was experienced at that point in time. It was absolutely amazing. It was a fun event. Um, you know, one of the one of the key things that I always enjoy about the events was actually getting to meet all of the people that you know you you talk to on a daily basis, but you never actually see. Like you know, I I spoke to you hundreds of times before that, but I never actually got to get to meet you. So that was pretty exciting, and everybody was excited for BlackBerry 10 at that point in time. It was uh, you know, just uh, it, it I can't really explain it beyond. It was an exciting time, and it was a monumentous time, and. You know, it's something to look back at and remember very fondly, just because of how how cool and awesome it was at that point in time. The launch event, from from what I remember, was really good as well, right? There was a lot of hype. There was a lot no, of energy. Yeah. Heinz, Vivek, I mean, everyone was there, and and really, Alex, stop showing us pictures of BlackBerry Live. Well, I'm not talking about that. Yeah, it's BlackBerry Live, <laughs> not the launch event in New York. Oh, I thought we were talking. About, were we not talking about BlackBerry Live, bro? No, but oh. well, you, you, <laughs> do, you, you do you, you do you, Alex. We're talking about the launch event. You know the thing we're celebrating three years. Oh, yeah. well, I get, I wasn't there, so. <laughs> so, so this is the the launch event was really really one of those things that it it got the hype going right. At the end of that keynote event, Heinz was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, everyone, go pick up your your BlackBerry Z10s." Right, yeah. so the the room <laughs> the room clears and everyone's running off. To go get their devices and turn them on for the first time and kind of Wait. put put hands on everything that uh, was discussed. So it was really, really kind of a one of those events that kind of stood out in the marketplace because that's the kind of caliber of event that other big tech companies like Apple and Google would have, right? And it showed BlackBerry kind of on an even playing field with them in terms of showing out. I mean, the hors d'oeuvres that morning were phenomenal. I remember eating like bagels and parfaits and getting fat right beforehand, right? And the after party was great too. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We're definitely gonna talk about the that's where Blaze and I really got to like chat for the first time. I'm sure we were all a couple drinks back. <laughs> um yeah, after the after after the launch event that night, so there was a lot of tours and, and things going in between the, the morning launch event and the actual after party that night. The BlackBerry elites all got to go. A lot of the media was invited. I was at Milk Studios, right? Yeah, I believe so. Milk Studios, smaller event, uh, you know, obviously invite only. So really cool to get to go to one of those. And you know, the execs are walking around, and and Thorsten actually took some time and spoke. To, to the everyone there, and basically what he said, and, and there's probably a video of this on YouTube if you want to search, you know, BlackBerry After Party, uh, BlackBerry After Party, but he said something along the lines of, you know, I'm just so proud of what my teams have been able to accomplish with this, you know, despite the delays, despite, you know, all the struggles that we've had to overcome, you know, the 5,000 people that, you know, have really, really worked together to make BlackBerry 10 happen are, you know, phenomenal. And at the time, BlackBerry was a company of about seven to, you know, over seven thousand people. So when he mentioned specifically those five thousand people, 
when I heard that, I was like, hmm, that's interesting that he's not giving everyone credit here. And lo and behold, a couple months later, they actually did a bunch of job cutting and the company right-sized to about 4,500 to 5,000 people. So, you know, it's one of those things where you got to mingle with the execs. We got to mingle with one another and just, you know, use the phones, talk about what we like, talked about the, kind of the experience that we were having. Really, really cool stuff. What I wanted to do is share a photo from the event, if I can pull it up here. This was um, a picture. Let's see if I can find it. This picture is from um, from the launch event. This is actually because if you guys remember, the Z10 was launched first, but the Q10 was not yet available. It was announced, but not yet available. It, right. It was announced, but but not available. So when um, let's see if I can even throw this open. If you guys when can. Was, when was that event? What month? January January 30th. Come on. We're celebrating Alex, three on, years, bro. Alex. What Dude, my, my brain is scrambled because like, I'm thinking of BlackBerry Live because I'm thinking like there were, everyone was walking around with Z10s and no one had Q10s. There were like three or a few select people who had Q10s. That was like, that was like a year I'm, later. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. So, Man, I don't know can, my dates. Can, can, are you guys seeing my screen? Yeah. Yes. So this was my, my 9900 shot with my Z10 of Frank, the CMO's Q10 in white. Really cool to see. And again, at this event, we were all getting you know hands-on with these devices long before, months before they would actually hit the wire. So it was a really, really nice event to get to speak with the execs. You know, we spoke with Vivek, we spoke with Frank, we spoke with Heinz, and really got to you know grill them on a couple of the, you know different pieces of what was going on with the company at the time. And it's small moments like this where you get to see kind of the comparisons beforehand that really, really made that event kind of momentous. And I was just just uh, starstruck to be there. Heinz is like this giant. Blaze is tall, right? Blaze is a tall guy, but Heinz is like... And I'm a short guy, so like me and Heinz are literally probably like three feet apart from one another, if not higher. So I'm looking up at this giant, and I'm like, really? Really, guy? Uh, just, just a really fun event overall, and you know, I really wish BlackBerry still had that consumer presence to continue doing events because that's when guys like you know Blaze, me and Alex, we get to get together and get to you know shoot yeah. the shit, ha have some drinks, and you know talk about what we love uh, with in terms of BlackBerry. What was what was one of your favorite memories from that launch event, Blaze? Um, was, it, was it was it Kevin getting his haircut? Well, oh, I mean boy. that was definitely up there, but I mean exclusive from the from the actual launch event itself. I mean it was probably like. You know, sitting down and working with Adam and Kevin and Simon and everything else like that, getting the the actual um, BlackBerry Z10 review uh, done up ahead of time because, as you know, like the reviews went up, the the BlackBerry Z10 reviews went up pretty much like right after the actual launch event took place. Like, you know, we were we were there hitting publish on the reviews as the launch event was wrapping up. So. You know, exclusive from from the launch event itself, it was probably that. I mean, working with Adam and everybody, everybody at that point in time was totally in depth, getting all of this stuff together. We did, you know, fancy videos with Kevin. Um, you know, we were we were pretty much all together at that point in time, and it was yeah. uh, it was really just an awesome experience. Like, and and, know, and everyone was on BlackBerry. You know, everybody yeah, everybody was on BlackBerry. Everybody was excited for BlackBerry Ten, and you know. It, at that point in time, there was a lot of people who, you know, are, are no longer at the company, um, you know, stopping by, saying hello, figuring out what 
what our thoughts and opinions were, and you know, it was just a really good time. It was, and you know, like honestly, I'll, I'll cover a little bit of my. I will, we'll talk about it a little bit later with the patron questions because those really talk about you know our our past specifically and how we've come together here. But Alex, what are some of your most memorable? events or launches from the BlackBerry um, saga that we had with the BlackBerry 10 OS. I know we did all meet up at BlackBerry Live. Tell us a little bit about your experience there and you know whether you enjoyed yourself because that was also a kind of developer-focused event as yeah. well. So, so what were some of the things you did and what was the atmosphere like? Um, I... Th- I think the biggest part of all of that, like, yeah, obviously I was, like, starstruck to meet, you know, the Crackberry crew, and um, there was that whole thing going on. It was a lot of fun, and you guys had, like, that uh, that live coverage going on where you were just, like, kind of live streaming throughout the day, and I made it a point to walk in the background a few times and <laughs> make my presence back there, um, and it was just really a lot of uh, people there, and specifically, like, uh, who was it? You know, yeah, obviously the creator of BBM, and then there's Vivek there, and then uh, just actually being able to, be able to go up to these guys and actually be like, you know, hey, how's it going, and, and actually get to know them as, as people, uh, because realistically you see them, like, on stage, and you almost have this weird feeling like they're celebrities in a weird way, and it's like they're, they're working for a company that you like that doesn't really make them celebrities, but they kind of are, um, and a lot of it was these these developer uh, classes that they kind of had to go to. That was really cool. I had a lot of fun going to that. And I actually went with a few developers, and some of them, they were just, you know, shooting the shit. They just wanted to go hang out by the pool. And I'm like, I want to go to these developer, like these, these you know, 30, 45-hour minutes or hour sessions. I, like, I wanted to go to them, and I just wanted to, like, experience it all because they obviously spent a lot of money in all of it. So I was, you know, really pumped um, just to meet everyone. And just <laughs> Alex was there to learn. Everybody else was there to drink. <laughs> and you know, and realistically, I I just and now to we know why BlackBerry all. Ten is where it's at. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> too much booze, not enough developer. No, that's that's far from the, the problem. But uh, you know, Alex and I met up. Uh, we were previously. How did we? I don't even know how we met Alex. I forget. Yeah, it, it wasn't. We were already like kind of acquainted digitally before BlackBerry Live. It was like, oh, yeah. Alex, you know. Um, I don't know if we'd connected on BBM or in, from CrackBerry. Very likely in the forums, we might have, yeah. uh, you know, gotten in touch with one another. You know, I was swooning by the time because Alex had a Dev Alpha C, and I was like, oh man, I gotta, yeah. I gotta see it. And you know, that was the first thing. He's like, hey, what's up? Here's my phone. Like, play with it. And I'm like, yeah. Keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have a lot of fun, and you know, as Alex said, you know, you'd you'd go somewhere, you'd run back, and you'd see everybody again, and then you'd run around and see everybody again, and you know, Crackberry had an awesome setup, as as he mentioned, they had like a live little show booth, and they had all their desks and everything, and it was cool to see again the community all together in one place, right? Never have I seen so many Blackberries in one place, and that is literally cloud nine for me, right? Not only in the showrooms where they had, you know the F1 Mercedes mock-up car where they had the BlackBerry vans, the different booths, all the carrier partners and things. And Alex has some pictures here. You know, it really just is a lot of fun to have everyone together. I was I was trying to get a full... I don't know. My screen... There we go. Okay. Yeah, no, you're talking about... Because I'm seeing the Mercedes. Like, here's here's where they kind of do the thing. I'm, I'm here, a little creep in the background, taking the picture of it. But it was, like, it was cool. It was kind of starstruck, like, seeing all these guys and, you know, getting pictures with them. So it's it's yeah, a cool Alex, thing. Show everyone our show everyone our live chat. Vivek Bridge <laughs> Oh boy. 
<laughs> is it showing? Is it showing live chat? Oh, it's Dude, my my screen's all screwed <laughs> up, bro. Like what the hell? Is it is it fixed? Luckily, there's nothing actually in there except for no, yeah. and us. And you, and you guys yelling at me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you guys to see how, how much flack I got. Um, but no, it was pretty cool. And you're talking about the Mercedes thing. This is going so damn slow, but <laughs> the, the Mercedes. Wow. But here, like, we're here, developer. These were like some of the developer talks. I'm taking pictures of the screen. Like, here's code, how to do things. Like, I'm so pumped. And uh, I was. See, this, stuff, this stuff is actually interesting to me that you actually have pictures of this because obviously you attended things that I didn't necessarily oh, have so the, really the opportunity to, right? Yeah. I've never seen any of this stuff. Like the Crackberry Live stuff, yeah, I'm fully yeah, aware you're of there. All yeah. that because I was there. But the behind the scenes developer stuff, I've Yeah. No, they're gonna be examples of code, how to do things, and this was cool. Like they were actually, you know, sh we were kind of they're shooting like a video. Um, you know, BlackberryOS.com or whatever, and they're, this is ridiculous. It was for an app developer, and like he jumped in the pool, like fully closed. And they they were kind of trying to do this like high end production thing, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I just feel like it just you have everyone who's passionate about BlackBerry getting together, and it was just a really enjoyable time. And then obviously you have Alicia Keys making everyone pumped as hell. And <laughs> can we can we talk about the fact that they rented out Universal for us to just have fun after her her here's the thing too, I respect the fact that she kept her her segment to one hour she didn't bore us with a two hour or three hour concert right short sweet get in get out and then ride the mummy four or five times afterwards right yeah yeah awesome 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 it was a lot of fun I mean well, I, have, I have a picture that I have to maybe Alex can show it hold on let me see if I can actually find it. Um, needless to say, well, something possibly kind of semi-inappropriate. However, oh boy, oh <laughs> Just boy, one sec, one sec, one sec. Was it was it Alex in the hotel room with what's his face? <laughs> no, no, it was it was me, and basically it was kind of like uh, something fun that I was doing after. Let me see, where did I go? You can continue on. I'm just gonna. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to find the photo. <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun. You know, with, with these events, there's so many momentous things. BBM channels launching at BlackBerry Live. The BlackBerry Q5 launching. Heinz pulling it out in red. Them rolling out a QNX-powered Bentley and doing a BBM video call into a vehicle. Yeah. You know, there were so many momentous things that happened at these events, and it just really got people excited. They got the community together and really on the same page as to what BlackBerry's future and prospects were. And you know, events like that are are vital to communities and really keeping them together. So you know, we do upstream to try to keep that community together in, in a way, in a different way. But you know, nothing beats those live events where you get to meet in person, you get to share a drink, and, and really just have a nice time. You know, I uh, I got to meet Marco uh, Pooter Mobile at BlackBerry Live, and we started a partnership right there and, and working together on various different pieces. So a lot of those community. Uh, you know connections that we got through our networking there. I know Alex still has his BlackBerry uh, developer developer enabled shirt and all that stuff. There's a lot of good fun benefits that are just really cool to see. Oh, Blaze found the photo. Oh, yep. <laughs> You've De seen it before. <laughs> De definitely not appropriate. <laughs> You're yeah. one of the very few on my Facebook, so you've seen it before. Hilarious. Oh, that is. I'm surprised. I'm surprised he's not double fisting and like holding it up. <laughs> 
Holding the gun. Let's not share that on upstream. <laughs> after after show, we got you guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, we had the BBM protected. We talked about you know ten BlackBerry ten launching three years ago. Really a momentous piece here. We are looking to get two further updates in 2016. Security focused updates that continue to push BlackBerry ten forward. Now I want to answer some questions that we had for our patrons. Because those guys are awesome, guys and girls. We had just a couple questions this time around, and I wanted to remark on some of them. We had one here from Sean Burke. Do you guys have any insight on why BlackBerry still doesn't get carrier-supported advertising other than Bell Canada, including, including print photos and a few print ads? I've not seen anything other than on their carrier website. So specifically the question is why BlackBerry still doesn't get carrier-supported advertisements Anyone have any thoughts on that? Well, thoughts. Obviously, they're only thoughts. They're not actual facts, but mainly because, I mean, you know, it's no secret that BlackBerry has, um, hasn't necessarily sold as many devices as others in the market. So, I mean, you know, it comes down to a, to a financial situation. Carriers are going to put their money where they think as though, you know, they can get the best return on the actual investment. So, you know, until BlackBerry starts starts, you know, basically holding their own in terms of device sales, you know, you're not going to get a ton of carrier support at that point in time. I mean, everybody, I'm pretty sure everybody has walked into a, a carrier store and has essentially tried to be swayed away from the device that they actually went in to purchase. You know, whether or not that be BlackBerry or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody has. I believe could probably come up with some experience in that that sort of um, scenario where you know whether it be a phone call or actually in store or whatever the case may be. But yeah, it comes down to the plain and simple economics of it all. Carriers are going to put investments where they think that they can get a return, and you know BlackBerry just generally isn't at that level, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's, it's I think for Sean to answer your question as well, you know, piggybacking right off of what Blaze just mentioned. It is an it is an economics piece, and I think when BlackBerry 10 first launched, because it had no prior expectations, right? A lot of people thought it was going to be successful. We had a lot more carrier support. They were willing to place a bet and you know sign on the dotted line to have some of those carrier ads pushed because again, it was brand new, and BlackBerry was very likely able to come say, hey, this is something new. We'd like your support. Is there something that we can set up? We've created the ads. Let's put give them to you, and you put your you know stuff together. I mean, we saw Verizon making BBM video ads and things like that for the Z10. I mean, we saw some good ads when BlackBerry 10 first launched that were carrier driven. Now, why that hasn't come to pass is because over the last three years, the sentiment hasn't really bolstered any better, right? It's kind of downgraded in terms of the overall support. So I definitely think until BlackBerry can, as Blaze said, kind of hold their own on device sales, there's not enough. Uh, interest for the carriers to spend their money supporting the underdog, you know, it doesn't give them a lot of return at the end of the day, whereas supporting something like the Nexus 6P or, you know, the latest Samsung or iPhone has more return for them because more people are just going to come in to buy them, period, point blank. Well, you so. can't get the 6P <laughs> at carriers, so they're not they're not doing that one. But there, there are definitely companies who, like, they'll incentivize their phone where, you know, if you buy the Sony whatever, Sony is giving the salesman incentives, like, for every phone you sell, we'll give you, like, 30 or 40 bucks, or, you know, you sell 10 phones and we're going to give you a free device, or, like, and that's something that, you know, I think it would be nice if BlackBerry did, but I don't, I don't know if they even have the leeway. Um, some of the phones were, like, 
they offered it to the customers where if you buy the phone, you also get like a 128 gigabyte micro SD and you know, these companies who create these phones like LG and they also create SD cards, they can do that kind of stuff. So I think it's it's extremely difficult to compete nowadays um, in kind of in this industry unless you do give some kind of incentive. And I think BlackBerry, as much as they might be able to do some of this stuff, I think they also might feel like they do have the brand. And they do have the brand. They have the recognizable brand. You, people, the average person hears BlackBerry and they know who it is. Um, so I feel like they feel like they don't necessarily need to do any of this. And I wonder if they're actually hurting themselves or if they just genuinely can't do any of these incentives. Or maybe they are doing incentives and we just don't know about them. But um, whatever is going on, it's not really working per se, I feel. I mean, one thing is that you know there's a lot of advertisements and carrier placements that we don't even see in, in different parts of the world. Like, yeah. Especially yep. like if you go back and you look through India and Indonesia and stuff like that, there's a lot of a lot of carrier placements throughout those regions, and you know we're we're obviously not going to see those on a daily basis because we just don't live there, and you know that sort of news information doesn't necessarily always flow out of there. So yeah, and there was a lot of other advertisements going on in the past where we saw you know billboards and all that other stuff and you know carriers badged and bright star distributors and all that stuff. But again, it's just a different atmosphere now. So, Sean, sucks, but I hopefully, you know, as they get more and more carrier support across North America, we might see a little bit more of a cohesive push from them on that front. That's all we can really hope for at this point. I haven't seen much as well in terms of TV or anything like that. And again, you know, Alex mentioned this a couple podcasts ago, the return on investment on some of those things is just so nil that it's really not worth it. It's just cash burn for a little bit of perception, which, you know, doesn't necessarily translate into sales, which is what they need at this point. Our final Patreon question was from Nick. He's asking, what's the history of BerryFlow? How did it get started? What's your relationship with N4BB and CrackBerry? Which is a very loaded question. Man, James, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> we got a story here. It was 1999. <laughs> I was um, six years old. You know, I was, a, I was a CrackBerry kid for sure. I was in those forums. I was with Blaze, just spamming the shit out of... No, <laughs> you know, I was, I was in Crack... You know, when I... I was not a legacy BlackBerry user. The first BlackBerry device I got was a 8520. I mean, you know, it was it was not the trackball, but it was the digital trackpad, right? So I'm not of the the OG BlackBerry days, right? I'm not a I'm not a CrackBerry in that sense, right? Back when the brand was really really growing in the, in the early you know 2000s, came in a lot later into the game. Like I had an iPhone 4, moved over to a 9900. And then Playbook came. Playbook really just flipped, flipped the script for me, right? With Bridge and all that stuff BlackBerry was doing, the security, the keyboard. You know, there was a lot of stuff. I saw a lot of innovation in BlackBerry. So that's where BerryFlow really started, out of, a, out of a passion for the innovation that BlackBerry was putting out. And you could see it, right? You could see it in the Playbook. You could see it in the 7-inch form factor of that tablet. You could see it in the OS and the multitasking and the paradigm. and the, You could just see it, you know? There was so much potential, and it was so inherent to me. And now we look at the marketplace today of tablets, and most of them are this kind of 7-inch, small, portable thing, you know? So it's, it's very amusing how BlackBerry has been ahead of a lot of these trends. BBM Music, another one of those, you know? Apple Music Now. I mean, there's so so many parallels you can draw from BlackBerry's innovation. So, you know, BerryFlow started out of a passion for that and really wanting to 
because again, from the Crackberry forums where I was putting in, you know, a lot of content and just different opinion things like that, I wanted to expand it and make it a little bit more focused. Because I didn't want to feel like I was just spamming Crackberry forums with my own, you know, my own rhetoric, you know, which is ultimately what it became at some point. So I wanted to just kind of take it off Crackberry and allow it to kind of stand on its own. And if people wanted to see it, they could go do that. So the website started out because I previously worked at a website called Nerdberry, which is still in action. That's Art. Arthur Trapp is running that one over there. Still still in action, still kicking butt. Um, and really, I was bored one day, and I was like, you know, let's. I, I like my BlackBerry. Let me go talk about it. Found the blog. They were looking for writers, and it really just spawned from there. But BerryFlow was berryflow.com forward slash forums for about four months. Um, and that's how Alex and I initially met up. You know, we were in the forums and... I wrote that. Uh, did I write the extensive post about the Dev Alpha C? And that's kind yep. of that was the yep. big thing. I wrote all, all up. I wrote the entire thing on the Dev Alpha C, and that was like the big twist at the end. It was like a three thousand word article. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. And that was that was out in the forums, and uh, you know, really at that point with the BlackBerry Ten launch specifically, I had reached out and kind of created a community of on BBM, a group of people who were interested in following the news and the opinion and things like that. So we started out as a forum for about four months in the transition period up until BlackBerry Live. And from there, I actually launched BerryFlow on BlackBerry Live Day, May 14th, at the keynote, literally right there. So (laughs) BerryFlow.com, if you went there, it would just uh, take you nowhere. It would redirect you to the forums. So BerryFlow.com didn't necessarily exist until May 14th, 2015, 14. So... You know, that's when BerryFlow really got started. And that kind of transitions into some of your other questions, Nick, where uh, I'm sitting down. And I'm, I'm fanboying, right? At these events, I don't work. Like, please understand that. Yeah, 2013, Alex. Thanks for correcting me. 2013. Again, about four, four months after. 2015. <laughs> that was last year, bro. What year is it? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, wishing for, I'm wishing for events at this point. Yeah. But, um... Again, I go to these events. I don't work. Like you could when when we're at the classic events, you know, Blaze, JT, they're all like working away, and I'm just like, yeah. this is this is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Blaze, Blaze, Blaze is like handing me his classic that he already has, and they're like, why are we at this event then, Blaze? Why are we here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, so I'm at BlackBerry Live, and I'm literally I'm literally working this time, and I'm actually like firing off the website, like finishing the final touches, and sitting next to me is Lucas from N4BB. So that's how my relationship with N4BB started, you know. You know, we talked, we connected, networking, yada yada. He was showing me BBM channels before the actual event happened for oh, BBM yeah. channels. And I'm taking pictures and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, the relationship is really these networking events, right? That's where BerryFlow really got its start. So working with N4BB, they were looking to bolster their content. I was looking to expand my footprint, so obviously uh, a natural relationship grew there. And then Crackberry, um, if you watch our Behind the Stream, we talk a little bit about how Blaze and I got together on this. I had floated it to him a while before the BlackBerry Classic launch event that you know it would be interesting to have him on on a continued basis on Upstream because he brings so much knowledge, experience, and and just a lot of information for us that he's kind of our subject matter expert here where Alex and I fail in some instances. Blaze is the guy. We, we'll, we'll turn to him like Blaze. What are your thoughts, right? He's trying to say I'm the old man of the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not denying it. No, I'm just <laughs> it's all right. I've accepted that fact. It's okay. <laughs> you know, he, brought, he definitely brings that mature voice to Alex's nonsense, so that's always good to know. <laughs> 
good to, good to balance balance things out. So you know, I floated it to him, and you know, Crackberry hadn't had done a podcast at that point in a while because a lot of the transitions happening, you know, on the Mobile Nation side of things, and BlackBerry too, right? They didn't give us a lot to go off of, so these weekly podcasts are a stretch at best at this point, right? So we do our best to keep it going. And really, we just saw a value in the unity of you know allowing Berryflow onto CrackBerry, so that everyone could enjoy the podcast that we're doing anyway, right? Blaze had come on a couple of times to feel it out, and we saw the reception, and we've continued to go ever since. So uh, it's really one of those things where networking and continuing to to work on what we're really focused on, because we don't want it to be, you know, us versus them. You know, it's not CrackBerry versus BerryFlow or N4BB versus BerryFlow or anything like that. You know, we're friends at the end of the day. We all you know, all care and do the same stuff with the, in terms of the BlackBerry coverage. So it was really just kind of a, a perfect marriage where we got to continue doing what we're doing more, and, and CrackBerry got a little bit of benefit there too to have that podcast so that people could tune in weekly, even when, you know, like new, news weeks like this where things are a little bit sparse and dry. Uh, you have anything to say on it, Ablaze? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I mean, I mean, I, I think, I think uh, you laid it out pretty, pretty well, and I think um, that last bit there, where, uh, you know, you say at the end, we're we're all in this together, is probably something that a lot of people tend to put aside. Like, you know, they don't think about that. They always think that, like, for some reason, that like we're against each other and we're always fighting, but that's totally not the case at all. Like. I've had questions back when N4BB was owned by Lucas, and people are like, "Don't you hate Lucas?" I'm like, "No, I don't hate Lucas. I don't hate anybody." Like, you mm -hmm. know, at the end of the day, we're we're all together in this, and and you know, it, when it comes down to the core of it all, we all basically started this whole thing out of one one passion for BlackBerry. So you know, why argue about it and and fight over it? Like, you know. Yeah. Totally, just yeah. It, it and like if you guys got to see us in our like natural habitat, which is like <laughs> one another with a drink in our hand, like you know, there's no question that we're all we're all bros. And you know, something we've been wanting to do is bring some of the the N4BB guys on one of these days so that we can have a little reunion and and really kind of have a sh share because you know they still love BlackBerry too. You know they still make, they're not covering they're not with N4BB any longer, but those guys still do love BlackBerry and still love to talk about it as well. I mean Nico, JT, all those guys. So, you know it's one of those things where there really is no ill will toward any of us at any point. I mean we're all yeah. At, at the end of the day, it just comes down to the community. Together. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe, can't believe Blaze said we're all in this together. That's just <laughs> <laughs> we're all in this together. Oh boy, oh boy. James <laughs> <Afro is> coming back. <laughs> yeah, no, who are you telling? I feel like Corbin Blue right now. But uh, <laughs> you know, those are our patron questions for this podcast. We're gonna hop on the after show. We had a couple interesting things to talk about on the after show. We're gonna be talking about Apple encroaching in QNX's space supposedly building a mystery facility for their own vehicle and uh, car endeavors. So interesting seeing them over there in Canada, literally in, in QNX's backyard. And we'll talk about a couple other little bits of news in our after show as well as we close it out here. Um, three cheers for three years, BlackBerry 10 guys. Hip, hip, hooray. We have another year of BlackBerry 10 at the very, very least. And I'm, I'm very interested to see where it can go because... I honestly think BlackBerry 10 has a lot of potential still as a mobile operating system. Maybe not in the same way, definitely, but 
be it in a medical device, be it in this or that, I think there's still some venues for it to, to find its fruit and, and you know lay down its roots. Um, this has been episode number 85. We're going to catch you guys in February. Can you believe it's only already February? Man, bonkers. Days in February, so I'm like excited. Hey, turn up. <laughs> For for the, for those of us who do uh, support our Patreon, we will be announcing the winner of our mystery BlackBerry 10 device contest tomorrow. And tomorrow, I'm picking up shirts. I'm mailing stuff out tomorrow, so all our swag bags of shirts, buttons, stickers are all gonna go out. Let me uh, let me throw stuff aside here. Here are some of the stickers that we got, and it's just a really basic. Kind of the upstream logo, small as a little coaster. I gotta get a bunch Send of those, bro. Send that out with a very full button and some other swags as well, with apparently our shirt that uh looks like the Illuminati symbol just a little bit. And uh, we're gonna celebrate Blaze's 21st birthday coming soon, so that'll be fun. 21st. <laughs> <laughs> Finally gets to drink. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, we will catch all of you guys on the after show. Peace. Later.